Greetings fruits and welcome to episode 4 of We Are All Fruit, a League of Their Own podcast. Hi, I'm Clance. I just started here. So, what do we do? What's that thing? I'm Kat. I'm Crystal. I'm not actually Clance. <laughs> and I'm Susanna. And today we're discussing episode 4, Switch Hitter, written by Michelle Badillo and directed by Ayoka Chenzira. Okay, this episode, two things right out the gate. This episode has my favorite line in the entire series in it, and I can't wait to get to it. Oh, and okay, we're going to learn a lot about Susanna and Kat this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Are we? Oh, no. God, I don't know what yes. any, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't watch, Crystal and I live together. We're married. We don't watch the episode together. We watch them separately and take our own separate notes. So I'm curious. Let's figure it out. I learned a lot about both of you <laughs> because of this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. But we open with this black and white profiles and patriotism reel of the Rockford Peaches. This is a little, I think, callback to the movie as well. They do this black and white mm -hmm. reel in the movie. And it's like a commercial basically for the league. It, you know, shows all the players lined up smiling. It's really like hokey and cheesy and silly, but they're trying to get people in the stands. Notably, the, they, the first thing they show is like all the girls like lined up behind each other and they each have like a little thing they do at the camera. Greta is not in this shot and I want to know why she oh, doesn't. Oh, I didn't notice that. Get, yeah. yeah. I noticed it because <laughs> I don't know why I did this, but I, I, painstakingly took screenshots of all the of course you did why are you surprised <laughs> of all the their person faces. who made all the patches too. <laughs> i thought they were really funny it was hard to grab them all because they go by so quickly but they're just really funny and silly i thought it would be fun if everyone like i don't know for a couple days changed their twitter icons to these black and white images i don't know, maybe until we get a renewal announcement i don't know which no, is gonna happen i have faith we're gonna I get to we're going to get season two. One of the things they're talking about when they're going through all the little things showing all the the women playing, Shirley plays the flute. Mm -hmm. And I just really have to <laughs> glom onto that, especially this week. It seems yes, timely. This week. Yes. <laughs> because of Lizzo <laughs> playing her flute from the Library of Congress and everyone just losing their minds because, oh, my God. Lizzo playing a a relic, a flute, a ex president. It's like, mm -hmm. get out of here, twerk away. <laughs> I love that. I I really do love that. I get to talk about Peach's home and Peach's on field. It seems like those are the things I talk mm -hmm. about. We're getting Greta and Carson, and it's like really a lot. <laughs> All of the looks that are happening. It's <laughs> so mm -hmm. comically preposterous and also preposterously hot. Carso runs yeah. into Greta's room again. <laughs> Jess and Greta working on their nails again. Carson's like, hey, I was just going to the library. Maybe one of you or both or all of us could go to the library or maybe not. Just <laughs> foot and mouth. Like if she had more feet, they'd all be in her mouth. <laughs> Greta says, we're doing our nails, which is again... Well, how many times could these women do their <laughs> nails? Also, why is Jess doing her nails this much? Right, right. <laughs> but Carson is uh, 
giving Greta a look. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, it's after like Carson leaves the room and then Greta, you know, she says, no, I, I don't need to go to the library. But <laughs> so Carson leaves the room. <laughs> but then she's like, well, I'm going to go to the store and. What does she say? Find something that'll knock me unconscious for a couple days. <laughs> what does that mean? I guess booze is what she was oh, going for. Oh, okay. All right, all right. But she leaves the room and Carson is standing outside waiting for her. And like, or I don't know if she knew she was going to exit right. the room. If that was part yes. of the plan. Because Carson's giving her a look. Abby Jacobson feels more like a brother to me, but she looked really hot here. <laughs> She's like really giving her eyes. And then the runaway song, You Drive Me Wild, starts playing. It continues on through this sexy, sporty montage. And Joan Jett is singing the also song. Also gay. Right. Yeah. Joan Jett Very gay. has sole writing credit on the song, which I actually didn't know, which that's I think this is the only runaway song she has sole writing credit on. So hmm. nice. Hmm. Nice wink. Also, if you have not seen the Runaways movie with Kristen hmm. Stewart, Please go see that. All right. So then we get the fun montage of the Peaches games and Carson and Greta <laughs> make out sessions as they escalate in intensity and the involvement of various species, including <laughs> spiders and birds. <laughs> they begin to sneak into the shed that Esty brought Carson to last episode. They make out against a lot of hard cabinets, and, and then they move on it's to It's all trees, soft it, when you're in love. Is all it hard things are soft when you're in love. Shattering. Should I say that? <laughs> At one point, they're making out, and they hear giggles outside, and Greta gets freaked out and asks Carson if other people know about this place. It's like probably the only other building on the property, so why wouldn't other people know about this place? <laughs> they act like this is their secret giant shed with a car in it. <laughs> of course people know about this place. But I get it. She's terrified, right? She says we can't go to places where other people know about. And then just a quick league history corner. In the 1987 documentary of their reunion, one of the women was talking about how a lot of the girls kept boyfriends in every town that they visited. <laughs> Good for them. Um, nice going. Right? Yeah. And there was, because there was gas price or gas rationing, they were convinced that the boys would not follow them from one town to the other. <laughs> so they were safely so like cheating on their yeah. boyfriends. I love it. <laughs> what happens in the AAGPL stays in the AAGPBL. Until 40-some years late. <laughs> <laughs> so the Peaches are finally doing better at the actual baseball and not just the making out with each other. <laughs> uh, That's the not announcer going so says, well yet. Right. The announcer says they won six out of seven games, gives Dove all the credit. We see Dove sort of bonding with Carson by offering her some chewing tobacco. Oh. Abby has a hilarious face when she spits <laughs> it out. Lupe is noticing that they're getting close, doesn't like it. At one point, we see Greta pinning Carson to a tree outside again. Ay, ay, ay. Because, as I said in the notes, apparently this tree is not a place other people know about. <laughs> <laughs> the anonymous in tree. The woods. <laughs> Which is right next to the house. And also cars were driving right. by. <laughs> right. 
This is great, though, because Carson is so eager and just wants to get it on. And Greta is being um, she's really afraid of getting caught and she's being so cautious and she's not getting caught up in the moment quite like Carson is. <laughs> she right. still got so she still has her walls up. We cut back to, to the uh, peaches, another peaches win where people are thrilled to not be the fourth out of the four teams. <laughs> um, Maybell screams, we're not the absolute worst. And then Dove says, I've never seen anybody so happy to be in third place. <laughs> the first time we watched this, I didn't realize there were only four teams in the league. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, not me. Yeah. And then... There's only four teams. Can you imagine playing a whole season against the same three teams over and over and over? How boring. Mm -hmm. This feels so relatable. The, like the frustration with uh, Carson when she's like, we can't even have the woods now. And I love this little <laughs> moment where like, I'm bringing attention to Greta's hands again. She like has her palm up and like has like one finger pointed and she's like, and then she like closes that, that hand. I just think you should rewatch that moment if you haven't seen it because it's excellent hand acting. And she's yeah. like, you know, first you want to just be friends and now you can't keep your hands off me. What's the rush? She's got her hands on her hip or her hand on her hip. Mm -hmm. She looks so alluring. And Carson is just, I just want a place where we can, you know, like really, <laughs> it is so relatable. Like, you know, that moment when you're just like, I just want to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and for her, the stakes are so much higher because this is her first lesbian experience, right? Mm -hmm. And yet she's so eager and excited. It's really cute. Yeah. And then Greta says the line that everybody has tweeted about 100,000 times when she tells Carson to go ahead of her. And Carson <laughs> asks why. And Greta says, I like to watch you. Ay, ay, ay. And Abby Jacobson's face is so cute. Her mind is blown. She finds it super <laughs> hot. My mind is blown. It's wait, it's Abby's delicious. or Carson's? Well, Abby's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I wanted to point out that in Broad City, Abby's butt is also a point of pride and gets talked about a lot. Ilana can literally pick out her butt before her face like she like she's like <laughs> <laughs> the jokes the the jokes that are continuous in five seasons mm -hmm. of broad city are abby's butt and alana just being in love with abby mm -hmm. there's a great montage scene in the final season ass of an angel i believe it's called <laughs> and it's just different shots of abby's butt that alana has recorded over the years once again confirming abby is carson carson is abby <laughs> also shout out to all the people on twitter that take the makeout scenes and up the brightness <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can just They're enjoy it so even dark more. they are mm -hmm. The whole I noticed the whole show, the filters they put on it, it's pretty dark. Like trying to watch it during the day mm -hmm. as my homework for this podcast. I have to like <laughs> shut my blinds to be able to see. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe it's, you know, because they have to be so closeted and secretive. It's putting oh. us in the closet with them. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also just like the 1940s, right? Like you want to make it look more authentic I get, like to people that in the past were black and white they didn't have the uh, leds <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's catch up with max and clans they are looking at max's first paycheck from the factory i can't believe it's real 
I love it. <laughs> Thinking about what she should do with this money. And they show the paycheck and it says $95 on it. But then she said that she gets $25 a week. Yeah. So I wasn't, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. It Maybe it was all the overtime. to do the math. <laughs> right. I wonder about that too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a month worth and then taxes take out. I don't know. <laughs> Let's do matter. accounting on this episode. <laughs> oh. Let's get to the bottom of this. $25 a week in 1943 is about $425 a week in today money. So pretty sweet. You know, she's making some bank. Mm-hmm. And Clance mentions that she's only making $5 a week at Mrs. Barry's, which I don't. What do you think Clance does? What is her right. job? <laughs> I'm curious. I mean, I'm, I'm predicting it's like a clothing store. I something. thought it was something at like I thought she did some like sewing or. Worked the mm. cleaners or something. I don't know. That was what I, mm. that was my original thought. Um, but Clance is worried that her and Guy are going to lose their house when he's gone and they're not getting his tips from Guy's job, which is valid. She's not making a lot of money and now her husband has to go off to war. How is she going to pay for the house that they just got? And Max suggests to her that... The factory is always asking her if she has friends because more guys from the factory are getting drafted and maybe she should come work with Max at the factory. <laughs> maybe Clance should date one of the peaches. They're making some pretty sweet money too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get a sugar daddy in the All-American Girls Baseball League. <laughs> Clance says that Guy wouldn't want her working at the factory, which makes sense. I think a lot of men back then, they didn't want their wives working. That was... Looked down upon, I guess, at the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> so we see uh, Max at home. She's walking into breakfast. She's like, I'll take some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's got her, her back to her. And Susanna pointed this out, that her body language, even with her back to the camera, is flawless, which is true. You could tell that she's just <laughs> like not having it. Mm-hmm. They had that fight last episode, obviously. No, mm-hmm. not really a fight, but... Mm -hmm. right they're upset with each other (laughs) and then Susanna thought that she slams down some eggs but Tony did not she gave her um it looks like oatmeal oatmeal or porridge gruel I don't know what it was (laughs) (laughs) and um Max is like throwing down some money for Tony and just like and this is for rent and this is for essentials and this is for the eggs (laughs) and then Tony tells her to keep her money for when the war ends and black women are fired to make room for all the white men coming back and historical corner, black women were the last to be hired after the war started and the first to be let go after the war ended. Max says that she thinks she's going to the Negro leagues and they'll be paying better. And Edgar gets a big chuckle out of her. He's just really delighted by his daughter and I love it. And yeah. Yeah. He says he'll take the money for the rent. She's like, no. <laughs> I just, they're really, they are so cute. I, that's the father-daughter relationship that mm-hmm. one should aspire to. And Tony gets all mad at her husband for siding with their daughter. <laughs> he just goes, I'm just sitting. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to stay out of it, but yeah. Add Guy and Clances. we see Guy is... Again, in a dark room, reading the Chicago Defender. 
that same paper that Edgar was reading in the previous scene. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, I noticed the same headline. And I'm going to actually talk about this headline. Clance is telling him to put it down since everything in the newspaper is bad news. And the headline reads, Soldier gets 25-year term for West Coast racial outbreak. So this was a true story from August of 1943 when an actual black soldier was, in fact, sentenced to 25 years of hard labor for protesting segregation after being denied entry to a whites-only theater. His group demanded access to arms in order to force their way in, and for that, they were instead arrested with the man who purportedly led the protest singled out and court-martialed. So this is the depressing stuff that everybody's reading mm-hmm. in the black newspapers. And then Clance tries to hilariously find some good news, and she starts reading out, tornado, riot, mind collapses. <laughs> <laughs> she cannot help him out. She does Guy is not wrong. It is all bad news. Still. <laughs> right. And it's not just in 2022, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she finally finds a Speed Jackson cartoon, but Guy says he doesn't see himself as Speed Jackson, admits to being afraid of the war. Clance tries to brighten the mood by saying that she loves him naked. <laughs> <laughs> tries to be playful with him. He's not feeling it. This is when Clance says that she's considering leaving Mrs. Barry's and start making screws and wing plane parts at the factory. This is the the only time I think we see Guy sort mm-hmm. of raise his voice at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's, snaps a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that it's not safe, and of course he's concerned with his safety, so he's maybe projecting onto her as well. Yeah, I mean, and I then, think he feels like his life is all of a sudden out of control. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that his reason for not wanting her to work there is because it's not safe, though. It's still not like you know, mm-hmm. women shouldn't be doing whatever. It was just, he was worried about yeah, her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She explains that she needs to because they just bought this house and they wouldn't be able to continue paying the mortgage on it. Then she asked him to put on a shirt or a sleeve of a shirt to get him out <laughs> of his depression. Oh, it's so sad seeing Guy sad. Mm-hmm. I love Guy's reaction to all of this. Not, I mean, I, I feel for Guy, obviously, but I think so often in movies you see people like, yes, I'm going off to war. I'm going to defend our country. They're in a way like Mm -hmm. excited. It's like a point of pride Mm -hmm. and he's horrified. He's, he's absolutely does not want to go. And I think that's a much more realistic reaction, but we'll leave them and cut back to the peaches. They're hitting the road. They're going on a, a little away game series we have the first instance of carson in her index cards her cute little index cards which come up later on (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're on their bus driving to wisconsin to play the racing bells and we see carson she has all these index cards where she's like writing down the pitches of all the other um teams and like really dutifully taking notes it's amazing and lupe's like are you writing down every play from every game strategy (laughs) Yeah, and mm-hmm. Dev overhears this and gets involved. He wants to show them to Terry and, you know, realizes that this is a good idea and is probably what he should be doing as a mm-hmm. coach. So he asks if he can take the cards, and Carson looks really annoyed. She gives him the cards, but she looks annoyed that he takes them because I think she knows that he's going to take credit for mm-hmm. what good comes of these cards. Like, she's doing his job for him already. We also see... A bunch of the other girls 
they're at the back playing poker, I think, or they're playing cards on a suitcase. Smoking, looking gorgeous, having some, yeah, <laughs> yeah. razzing this each bus other. This fun. <laughs> that comes up in the in the documentary too that the they played poker all of the time on these bus trips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they must have been on the bus constantly. They pr- they probably. I don't know. I'd love to see a schedule. I bet they were playing baseball every day. Mm-hmm. Co- correct. This, yes. I think I mentioned this in our notes for next week, but they they indeed played one game per day with twice on Sundays. Oh, wow. Throughout the entire header. summer. Yeah. That's crazy. And they would often drive through the night and then they would only be allowed to check into hotels at like noon, right? And then just change and go straight to the game. Oh, my god! They gosh. were exhausted the whole time. <laughs> That's crazy. Funny that they were able to still find time to make out with other women. Oh, fine <laughs> time. Easy. Uh, during all this, Carson whispers something to Beverly. And she's like, yes, yes. She gets up and she's like, all right. Ladies, we're going to switch up the room assignments in the spirit of collegiality, which this is the first time I'd ever heard the word collegiality. Oh, that's so cute. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I'd never, I kind of got the gist of what it meant, but she wants to switch up the room assignments, the roommate assignment situation. She starts assigning everyone. She puts Lupe and Estee together (laughs) and Lupe's like, wow, how absolutely random. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But this is so... This is so funny because this is gay scheming at its finest. Yes. Yes. I was going to say total (laughs) scheme. Yeah. (laughs) Rubbing hands together. Totally. She puts Shirley and Joe together, Greta and Maybelle together, Carson and Jess together. And then Carson starts talking to Shirley and she's like, oh, you probably shouldn't room with Joe because she wears this perfume that bothers me and it's going to bother you more. And Shirley's like, yes. Oh, gosh, you're right. (laughs) And she, she starts playing Shirley. She like, mm-hmm. she's like, how let's, let's make this better for you and I, but she knows that Shirley is going to like go all, go along with this and lay out her scheme for her in a way. <laughs> well, I typed it all out. And then I said, this is like a horny math problem. And, and then I checked <laughs> out because it's, it's too complicated, but they yeah. eventually put it together to where Carson and Greta are going to room. Ding, ding, ding. And it was Shirley's idea. Not really. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> Carson's like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of that. Oh God, you're so, right. so I would never have thought of that. <laughs> I know. I know. It just came to me. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's and so then, good. Then Carson jo- joins in with the song that they're singing, Oh My Darling Clementine, with the like largest <laughs> grin on her face ever. It's such a delightful moment. Like she mm-hmm. just pulled off her plan perfectly. So then we arrive in Wisconsin, and Beverly tells them to hurry up, but then Shirley is trying to make the final arrangements with her. Um, Beverly's fine with the changes. They approach a building... And Terry says, this is an odd-looking motel. (laughs) Beverly (laughs) explains that the motel... What kind of a motel only has a room for Dove? But whatever, we'll go with it because we like this particular convent. (laughs) So Greta is on to Carson. She knows that Carson pulled off this whole roommate thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Terry, who is very religious apparently, 
asks Carson what she's so happy about. Of course, Carson lies about the thrill of a convent, of loving God. She's a big fan. You know, oh. you know that, that comes up time and again for her. Big G. This is so funny. If you watch Greta in the background while Carson is talking about what a big fan of God she is, Greta is just kind of smiling, chuckling to herself. I think she gets a real kick out of Carson's awkwardness and these little tales she spins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we see her locking, Greta locking the door to their room. She walks to her bed, starts saying she's impressed with Carson's machinations when Carson just jumps onto her. <laughs> machinations. That sounds really sexy. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about something before yes. you get to all of this? I love, there's so many little nuances when Greta locks the door. She herself lets out a breath. I, she's nervous as mm-hmm. well. Like it, it's like, there's a realness to it where she's like, okay, this is happening. And then when uh, Carson just like mounts her as you so <laughs> sweetly put in our notes, the most underrated Greta just goes, Ooh, like she's so, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love the Ooh. And I love the little breathe out. She did mm-hmm. that breathe out too the first time after she kissed Carson and like there was that wait in between before Carson went and kissed her mm-hmm. back. She was just like, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know. It's 1943, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Please continue with your machination. <laughs> That's not what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> We can't all know all the words, Susanna, PhD. Got to get a dictionary out for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So it's this awkward, right, makeout. This is the first time you're on a bed with somebody and you're just excited and you're touching parts and you're not sure if anything's okay. So you're checking in with them and it's super cute. Greta tells her to, uh, tells Carson to stop and Carson's freaked out, but it's only because Carson's not breathing. Mm-hmm. For which she also <laughs> then apologizes. And I just wrote here, this is so more experienced lesbian teaching a baby dyke how to be less awkward. Mm-hmm. I love it very much. It's happened to me. And I thank <laughs> everybody who has taught me for their service. <laughs> service. I think this has happened to everybody. Like yeah. your first time being with someone, you don't know what to do. You're just like an excited puppy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your limbs are flailing. You don't know what, where to kiss, what to do, what to and grab. You do forget to breathe. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. Mm-hmm. There's too many things to think it's about. Hard. <laughs> Sex. Also, Jesus is right there, just yeah. hanging out on a cross right <laughs> above the bed. This is like every classroom at Notre Dame has a crucifix. It's so, not that I ever made out in a classroom. What a missed opportunity. Mm. Anyway. We um, could put a crucifix above your bed and then (laughs) reenact this. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send you one. At some, at one point as they're making out, Greta asks if Carson is thinking about Charlie and this will come up again with them and it's like to me this is again a kind of defense mechanism like Greta is always keeping the reality of Carson's predicament Mm. you know front and center that that she's never fully in the moment also 
you know good observation i thought it was weird that she brought that Mm -hmm. up but that makes sense now it's almost like she's reminding herself like don't forget like this is not this is great Mm -hmm. right now but it's actually because i don't think carson was thinking about charlie at all no no (laughs) no yeah Mm -hmm. oh good good call susanna Carson says she's just worried about messing their thing up. She says this. And Greta tries to reassure her. Says that they need to calm down because they have all night and then tomorrow. And also she's hungry. And we, we stan a hungry lesbian. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, snacky lesbian. So they decide to check if nuns like snacks too. In the meantime, we then cut through all the different Peaches brooms. Joe and Jess are together, and Joe asked Jess how Jess got a pair of boxers. Jess said she lied about them being for her brother, and it's cute because Joe mm-hmm. obviously wants some as well. And eventually we do see her in some boxers, so they were able to score some for Joe also. <laughs> Esty asks why Lupe is always in such a bad mood. Lupe explains that unless she's playing, she feels useless, and she's worried about being kicked off the team. Esty naively thinks that she can always come back, and Lupe once again sort of dismisses her for being a naive child. She's so tough. Yeah. Like, there's so mm-hmm, many yeah. moments of Esty where I just want to wrap her in a, give, a hug. Give her a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shirley is stressed out, has her braid in her mouth. She's really worried about Joe being queer, talking about uh, to Maybelle about this. Maybelle doesn't think so, and then Shirley has this great line. My mother said, never trust a woman who loves a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about what do you think about when you think about women in sandwiches? Is there someone that you think about? No. Really? No. Gosh. Who should it be? In 30 Rock. She was obsessed with sandwiches. Oh. Like obsessed. Well, didn't they have that one special sandwich day too when the staff mm-hmm. all got that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. Maybelle does admit that Joe talks about Catherine Hepburn and pants a lot. <laughs> and then Shirley says, my rabbi said it spreads. One day you're walking around liking men and then the next lobotomy. It's the only cure, which mm. is a really funny line, but also deeply tragic since, in fact, a lot of queer people were treated with literal instruments going into their brains for okay. many, yeah. many mm-hmm. decades. And the... DSM did not uh, remove homosexuality from a list of mental disorders until 1973. That's insane. That's an insane fact Mm -hmm. right there. It's like they removed that. Kat was born with a credit card in her hand (laughs) and everything got better. (laughs) And allowed to be gay. (laughs) Woo! Will Will Graham has talked about needing to have that voice of cultural paranoia about queerness in Shirley. And the decision to have Shirley truly love Carson was one that was made consciously, right? So there, and we will see this also later on with Clans and Max, right? Somebody yeah. who really loves you but cannot, for the life of them, imagine mm-hmm. how you can then be queer. Right, right. Which, I mean, we'll talk about that more in a future episode, I think, but it's very realistic. Greta and Carson have acquired more than snacks, I would say. There's like a big ass sausage. It looks delicious. Eating. Where it did they great. find all this stuff? <laughs> Nuns living it up. <laughs> we catch the tail end of some story that Greta is telling Carson about Joe, in which we learn that this is why 
Joe can never go back to Massachusetts. So whatever <laughs> she revealed in confession about something she did in Massachusetts, we'll never know. But did Joe happen. murder a man? <laughs> I want to know what happens before the dot dot dot, and that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just whatever's mm-hmm. before the ellipses or whatever those are, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We then move on from confession talk to Greta telling Carson, "You're really beautiful." You know that. And Carson is shy about it and goes straight for that giant sausage. <laughs> Greta says, especially especially with that in your mouth or whatever. I don't think she says with that in your mouth. but <laughs> I, think she did. I think she did. I think she did. Or maybe, especially you taking a bite of that or whatever she said. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Someone will tell us. Carson asks Greta about the first night that they kissed and why Greta then left with that guy. His name is Peter, for for God's sake. Somebody, please remember. (laughs) Ah, Justice for Peter. (laughs) And Greta explains, whenever I'm starting something new with someone, I always like to make sure I'm seen on a man's arm. It's just one of the rules I have to keep myself safe. I think this is the first time we hear about Greta's rules, right? All the rules? I think it's, no, I don't think so. And I think it, I'm so happy that they did. They had this one Mm -hmm. quiet moment where she laid it all out. And now you know Mm -hmm. for the next the rest of this episode and the next four episodes, why Greta is the way she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then Carson goes into Greta's dating history and asks if she's done this a lot. Ah, <laughs> uh, he always asks whether that. the other. You, do you? <laughs> I, I I hate that I do, but I always wonder about everybody's everything beforehand. I'm just like a glutton oh, for wow. punishment. Oh, it's the most fun. Yeah. You talk about your exes for like the first two months of your relationship. That's probably not the While you're naked in bed. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also that person that never curiously checks up on their exes though. It's wild. It's the most sociopathic thing about you. The fact that (laughs) you're not curious about what they're doing. It's it's a gift that Mm -hmm. is also, it might be a miracle. Yeah. It's, yeah. I have no interest. I'm not curious at all. They're living their life. I'm living mine. You're a better human being than all of us. <laughs> or a weirder one. I don't know. So Greta says that a lot of them, the women she'd been with, were also married. And then she says it can actually help with the marriages. Makes what they do with their husbands a little more fun. And I have a note that says that someone who's dated multiple women who ended up marrying <laughs> men right after dating me, I sure hope that that's true for them. Oh. Praying hands emoji. Is it multiple Rip. or all of them? Well, n- at this point, it used to be all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> at this point, it's multiple, but we'll see what happens with Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? As she uh, checks in on all her exes, she'll keep us <laughs> caught up. <laughs> uh, Susanna's ex count document with how many of them are with men now. Susanna's ex-corner. Carson explains that she's worried that there is a line, and if she crosses that line, she won't be able to go back. Okay, who said... Did I type this? I did not type this. Okay, I think I typed it. I did not. I (laughs) never said the words vaginal penetration. (laughs) (laughs) So my notes ask, is that line vaginal penetration by Greta's hands? Stay tuned. (laughs) That's... that is so you. I love that you tried to blame it on uh, us, though, for a second. I don't remember typing. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, great. I'm 
Mm-hmm. Greta says, you will, though. September's coming. She'll go back. You'll go back with Charlie. And then Ugh. Greta and Joe will be in California. And we'll just be so glad that we had this little adventure. It's going to be so much more than that. <laughs> yeah. And again, much like with the Charlie thing, I'm not sure if Greta means it or like... She must be afraid that she is also falling in love with Carson, that it's not just an adventure. Like, clearly, she has real feelings for her. I think maybe Greta is falling in love with her, but she doesn't know it. Maybe she's never been in love before. Well, Dana. Does she say that she loved her? It I don't know. certainly seems like a very significant relationship. I don't know. I also think she has so many prepared speeches. She has a whole mm-hmm. spiel and she just follows it, follows it, follows it. So she's, I think, off her guard a little bit sometimes. Like if she doesn't keep to the script, it you know, physically, emotionally, that's when trouble mm-hmm. happens. So back to Max and Clance. <laughs> they're walking into the factory. Clance took the job. Uh, well, sorry, they're not walking into the factory yet. They're just walking up the street on their way to work. And Clance is really worried about her husband. She says he's not even clipping his toenails, and he usually loves that. And Max There's is a like, "Does he toenail clipping in this show?" There is. Jess and Guy should start yeah, a toenail should- <laughs> clipping club. <laughs> maybe that would make them all feel better. And to cheer Guy up, Max suggests that they have a double date with. Um, her and Gary and Clance is like, I'm sorry, are you and Gary in double date territory already? I, I'm i not sure what Max is thinking here. I, I think she, maybe she's just thinking about her friend and how she can help cheer her husband up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take one for you know Max's. the Clance team. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what they do for each other. She's like, I will go on a date with Gary to <laughs> cheer up your husband. <laughs> she says, you know, guy can cook. He loves cooking and that'll... That'll make him feel better. And as they're talking about this, they walk by the little neighborhood kids again that Clance is feuding with. (laughs) And they have a hilarious interaction. The kid asks if she's read the new Captain America. And she's like, no, Speed Jackson's way cooler. And I didn't know, I've never heard of Speed Jackson before. I had to look it up. That is a real comic that was Mm. run in The Defender. So Mm -hmm. that's all true. Uh, Big C, that little kid. (laughs) that <laughs> she was fighting with in a previous episode calls her boring and Clance is like your face is boring like she's just <laughs> she turns into a 10 year old boy when she's talking to these 10 year old boys it's so funny so they get to the factory and as they're walking through we see it a ton of women now working at the factory so you can tell yeah a lot of guys are getting drafted a lot mm-hmm. of women are being hired and uh, they see this one woman walk by them, Cheryl. <laughs> she smiles and waves all excited at them. And Clance says that, she, that this woman's dumb as a rock. She says, she once called my house to ask for my number. <laughs> <laughs> so if she can do this, I can definitely do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we'll see Cheryl again later, which is so funny that. Mm-hmm. So they're walking into the factory. They're both wearing their coveralls and they look so cute. They look Mm -hmm. all confident. They're like strutting in there. And a man comes up to Max. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) laughing at something. What? (laughs) I'm laughing at one of the things that Clad says in the scene. It's so ridiculous. Just the Clad's thing about the, are people losing their limbs here? Because I can't afford that. It's just like... (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I ruined uh, it. You're talking about a thing. No, no, no. We'll get there. So a guy comes up to Max and tells her that she's now in charge of her section because uh, Mr. Fox quit. And she's like, oh, my God, this is it. He's gone. That means the baseball team needs a starter. And mm-hmm. Max and Clarence have this cute little, like, squeal moment at, mm-hmm. at each other. They're like, this is it. This is what you wanted. And Max is supposed to tell all the new girls what their job is, but she runs off and is like, Clance, can you cover for me? <laughs> this is her first minute on the job. <laughs> and Clance is like, she's so cute. She's like, okay, I'll do it, I guess. I don't know what this job is or what that thing behind me is. But <laughs> that was our intro, if you wondered. Yeah. Max approaches the coach of the team and is like, hey, you need a new guy now. And this guy is such a dick. He like doesn't want to even turn around and face her, doesn't want to agree to let her try out. And she insists, 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 insists. And he's like, fine, come to practice on Thursday and we'll see what you got. Now we're at the Peaches and Comets game. And this is interesting. It's like uh, Dove is like being super supportive and, you know, telling them they're doing a good job. And Crystal's note is amazing here. Greta does not give a shit about Dove being proud of her. <laughs> like he does. He's like, oh, you know, nice hit. And she's like, hmm, okay, what's wrong with him? Yeah, it's really funny. He thinks he's being, again, I'm a great coach. He thinks yeah. he's being a great coach. And they, I think they all know that the reason they're doing well is because they are practicing and right. Carson is taking all the notes. Yeah. And we get our first little... Joe comes up to bat, kisses her her arm for mm-hmm. good luck, her bicep. I love that. <laughs> and there's some point where Carson's on second base and she notices that uh, Dove is talking to what? Who is she talking to? Who is he talking to? One of the owners or something? Alan probably Baker. Yeah, and it's it looks heated and Carson's like really uh, distracted, but she finally gets home, home base or home play whatever she gets (laughs) she scores the run after she's very distracted by all of this Carson's like hey where's Dove and then later on Beverly tells them that Dove is away for a few days and Shirley says he's dead (laughs) which (laughs) seems like the most logical place to go (laughs) like they just saw him but he's dead (laughs) death is never far from Shirley's mind (laughs) oh my gosh wait before we move on we we saw Greta hit a home run, and I that's mm. a deliberate foreshadow to the sexual home run she's gonna hit later. Oh, oh Crystal! <laughs> we were talking about all the baseball euphemisms last episode. Gosh. So, all right, wow. okay, yep, okay. Yep. Ruin, ruin it for everyone who's not seen this show yet. <laughs> who's watching it with us, scene by scene? They, they <laughs> clicked play on this episode, and they're running back and forth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So Beverly is just like, okay, well, someone, one of you should coach. And they go back and forth. And, you know, people are just like, oh, uh, Carson should do it. And then they're like, no, Greta should do it. And Shirley's like, oh, the scoreboard guy should do it. <laughs> We're not going to listen to the scoreboard guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the suggestion for Greta to be coach is she's a very tall and you could see her from everywhere. <laughs> Those are her credentials. 
I mean, there's a, you know, a lean on scene. Greta's draping over Joe in this. There's, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll get to our counts later. So it ends up where Lupe and Carson are going to be co-coaching. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in between all of that, but that's where we land on. So that is the last time we see Dove, and I love that this is his exit from the show. It's not even a shot of his face. He's like off in the distance. Mm -hmm. We see him walk out. That's the last time we're going to see Dove, and I think that's brilliant. The first time we watched this, we were like, wait, is he really not going to show up again? That's crazy. He's like a pretty big actor. Mm -hmm. And in the movie version, his kind of parallel character is very important. He's Mm -hmm. co-star of the movie, so... We're like, no way, is this really the last of Dove? And it is, and I love this. He just leaves the show. There's no ceremony. And I think it's great because this story is not about him. It's about the girls. And I love it. I love it, love it. So bye, Dove. Bye. (laughs) And this is based on a real story. One of the teams, um, their coach left in the middle of the season. And so the the team had to come up with coaching themselves. That's That's amazing. All right, I can't believe I got assigned this next scene to talk about. <laughs> In the notes, we like highlight each little bit we're going to kind of intro and yeah. this one got given to me. Back at the convent <laughs> in Greta and Carson's room. It's Carson Greta, her bed. Carson, and God. That's <laughs> right. Carson's reading the book that Greta gave her earlier, which I didn't pick up on great catch there mm-hmm. and Carson says that she liked watching Greta break one of her rules today and that rule was to not act close in public I don't think Greta realized she was breaking a rule I think she is falling for her and she's slipping up and doesn't notice yeah uh-huh for sure but it's really hot and <laughs> <laughs> you could just say that and then it's- next scene Next scene. This scene. No. Yeah. Let's gloss over this highly important scene. <laughs> so this is it. They're in their room at night. The lights are dim. It's real romantic. They just want a sweet baseball game. And Carson, much more calmly than the first attempt, walks over to Greta sitting on her bed and takes off her shirt. And Greta's like, I like you more confident, Shaw. And they have like a little playful back and forth. And Boom. Boom. Home run. (laughs) First base, second base, third base. I don't actually know what all those bases are supposed to signify, but they round the ball. Do you not really? (laughs) I have no idea. Every time I've heard about it, someone has a different idea of what Mm. each base is. Under the shirt, over the shirt. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. They have a really good love scene. Let's let's just say it out loud. They have sex, and it's really well filmed. You Mm -hmm. can tell when women are involved (laughs) in Mm -hmm. filming a scene like this and when men have complete control over it because this is really nice and really well done. And Jesus is right there, right above the bed. (laughs) He's like, in front of my salad? Come on, girls. (laughs) Okay, I got to follow that up now. But this is a great scene to follow up because (laughs) this is is probably my favorite I know that sounds crazy, but probably my favorite scene in this whole series is what happens here. We're at the Peaches in the comments, and it's a night game. They said the announcer is just like a fad that's spreading even faster than fascism. And it's night baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all in, in a line and they're talking to each other, just kind of sitting in the standing in the dark. And 
they're strategizing and Lupe and Carson are like, this should, this person go first. And they agree that Joe should go first. Uh, and she's like, no, what? Joe should go third, third. Right. Yeah. Cause she's doing good. Yeah. 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 Should hit cleanup. And she's like, well, thank you farm girl. <laughs> so we have <laughs> another farm count. And then all of a sudden those, the, the night baseball, the lights come on. They're all blinded. <laughs> they're just like waving. I'm doing this. Like this is a podcast. You can't see me, but it's so cute how they're just <laughs> blinded by these lights and waving and honestly they're sucking they're not doing well the other team the comments are crushing it and it's carson is it carson that notices that there is one of the lights is out Mm -hmm. yeah so lupe and carson kind of just stop the game for a minute and gather the the umpire and the coach from the comets like oh you guys are clearly cheating the light out and the guy from the comments is like the mayor we're trying to conserve energy and lupe is just like one light the mayor told you to turn off one light to conserve energy it's so funny he's talking about dogger bank i don't know what that means but it's a battle in world war one oh ah okay so conserve electricity for the war and then Carson goes on this whole amazing this like <laughs> quiet voice diatribe she's like well my husband is in the war right now <laughs> and you could see the the umpire like melt a little bit and if he were here he would say that fairness and it's cousin freedom <laughs> and then Lupe puts her hand on her heart I love it she's just like oh my god they're all just breaking at she's going Carson, along with her tail yes <laughs> shine way brighter than that light if you would put it on and everyone's just like i don't know what that means and we're like yeah we don't either and then lupe basically is just like i've read the rule book and you know gotta have equal conditions so the umpire's like all right uh turn it back on and carson is super impressed that lupe read the rule book and she's like, well, I got a lot of, t- mm-hmm. a lot of time on the bench. They'll mm-hmm. start working together. It starts raining. It's such a great scene. I've seen a couple of outtake uh, photos from this night mm-hmm. and it really is. It's cold. It's rainy. And it makes such a, for such a great montage. I love they're doing the, um, they're doing the signs together, Lupe and Carson. They're in mm-hmm. the Koreans mm-hmm. like in unison. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where my favorite line in the whole series happens. Oh it's gosh! Between, it's between Lupe and Carson. Oh gosh! Carson says if if they're gonna play dirty, mm. we're gonna play fucking filthy. Yes, <laughs> Lupe yeah, gets yeah, yeah. chills. She's like, "Damn, Carson! Like, <laughs> Damn, Shaw! Yeah. Oh God, how could so I forget good. that? You did your your it's, mouth was right up to the mic, and you did it so good." On the bus ride home. Esty's being all funny and charismatic again, and she's like recreating plays and bonding with the girls. Jess, Lupe, and Carson are strategizing together. They're two games behind the Commons, three behind the Blue Sox, but if they beat the Sox, they could win the whole thing. Carson is really impressed with Lupe's confidence. And then Lupe looks at the girls at the front of the bus and just calls <laughs> them a bunch of idiots. She loves calling her teammates idiots. It's very cute. <laughs> Carson then makes her way back to the back of the bus where Greta is sitting alone. 
asks if it's okay to sit next to her, observing all of the rules. Greta looks around and then agrees. They're smiling about the win. Carson thanks her for believing in her. And she says, I don't know if anyone's ever done that before. Greta nods and says, the pleasure is all mine. And then Greta initiates <laughs> a hand slash finger contact in a way that would not be noticed by others. And their hands touch and I lose my mind. <laughs> I think this is this. And there's one other hand. Yeah. It's not even on. a hand. It's a pinky. And it's the absolute fucking hottest thing. I, I know they just had sex in the convent. But to me, the hands touching and the secrecy of it and the like danger of that gesture and the intimacy is everything. And I'm. Wow, we could this hear it. This is why I said we're going to learn about Susanna and Kat. Well, so <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if I was going to bring it up, and maybe I'll cut it out. But I remember distinctly, like, I I didn't think of myself as gay yet. I was literally in church with my friend who was leaving back to the states shortly after, and we usually sat together anyway. But this time. And again, like this was not sexual for me on any level, definitely not for her. But she sat down after like singing worship or whatever, and her like shoulder touched mine. And normally you would do that and like move away, right? Because you don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. But like she like leaned in harder. And I just remember <laughs> sitting. And again, I don't think it was sexual, but it was this moment of like intimacy and like weird public, again, like it was a little scary that like mm -hmm. we were that close. And I think I was discovering things about my sexuality. So like since then, you know, I thought about that moment <laughs> and like things like that to me are just so profound and important and intimate. And that's my corner. Mm. <laughs> Basically make it secretive. And yes. Susanna loves it. True. Make it a sin and Susanna loves it. Yes. Mm -hmm. absolutely. I agree though. That was, that made me feel like, I'm not dismissing the hotness of any of the kissing in this mm -hmm. series. But those, those like very tender, small, secret mm -hmm. gestures like really made my heart flutter. Uh, we'll come down watching Max throw balls at a wall. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. At Tony's wall at that. Mm -hmm. She's practicing really she's got confidence right now this is her her jam she practices throwing baseballs at tony's wall her dad comes up with a little mitt and is like i can still do this let's let's throw some balls you got to stop throwing at your at your mom's wall that's going to be like what do you say <laughs> world war three or something yeah yeah and uh, she's throwing heat and after that the two of them are sitting there Sharon cigars talking about so what cute. their her baseball name would be and uh, action Chapman which I actually really like she's like oh they I think that better. one sounds awesome <laughs> yeah charging Chapman <laughs> and she said she likes that one better but action Chapman yeah awesome. I agree action Chapman sounds awesome and then it's interrupted Tony is uh chasing Uncle Bert and want to mention it here they uh dead name him Aunt Bertie uh, who's driving away on a motorcycle because he can't just show up like 
out of nowhere. There's serious con- like tension here with these with these two. And uh, Tony is mad at Edgar for saying, "Oh, that is your aunt Bird, Birdie." And I do want to comment. Like we've talked about this, and yes, he's Uncle Bert, but they do refer to him as Aunt Bertie. I just want to make sure that Mm -hmm. we talk about that. And Edgar says that he's been uh, staying at the flats and Max looks intrigued by this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I take it Max has not seen him in a very long time. Yeah, we know this when she shows up later on at their house. He reminds oh. her that he met her when she was a very little girl. So, like, oh, I, I don't think they've okay. had. Yeah, I don't think she can even picture. Gotcha. Her uncle. I mean, it's mm. it's mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see his face or anything as he's driving off. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe we gave Susanna or uh, Susanna gave Crystal to talk about a <laughs> <laughs> how much she hates Gary. That's why. <laughs> We cut to Guy in Clance's house having a double date with Max and Gary. It's really cute. Clance is talking about like a a date with Guy in the past where she thought he was taking her to a fancy place, but he (laughs) brought her to his mom's house and gave her a little menu that said Guy's Cafe. This sounds adorable. (laughs) This sounds like a perfect date. (laughs) It does. And Clance thought he was cheap because... He didn't mm-hmm. take her to a restaurant, but she said then he tried his pork and she moaned so loud. Guy's <laughs> mom came charging down because <laughs> she thought, I air quote, he, that he brought home a loose woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, they talk about Guy's pork so much that I really want to try it. I'm like yeah, salivating same. thinking about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guy says that this is probably the last time he's going to make this meal. Oh my and gosh. And just like, no, no, no. You're going to make this meal again. You're You're going to come back and. It's like sad, but sweet. So they say grace. They start eating dinner and Gary's picking up on Clance and Guy's like total sweet love. And he holds Max's hand and Clance freaks out. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is this happening? Can I just point out that that hand holding did nothing for me or anybody else? I mean, I forgot that it happened. Only reason I know it happened is because I'm seeing it here. It's also, in the notes. he doesn't <laughs> talk about consent, and right? Like Greta, like stretches out her pinky to see if Carson will touch. Whereas Gary slaps his big ass hand on top of Max's. <laughs> like there's not nothing is being invited or asked of her. Right, <laughs> totally. And Guy says, "Oh, a piece of advice, Gary. You're gonna never understand what these two are saying to each other, and you just have to live with that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "I, I can live with that." Uh, whatever Gary sorry dude (laughs) Max then says that she's got some news she's gonna try out for the baseball team on Thursday oh boy and loose lips guy I love him (laughs) but he spills the beans he's like wait a minute Gary I thought you were the new pitcher for the team Mm -hmm. and Max is like what it's so cute there's a part here where Clance is like I didn't know this Max my allegiance is to you I would have told you (laughs) if I knew (laughs) It's so cute. But Max gets really upset and storms out. And just a setup for a great joke here. Clance says to Guy, you're going to give those damn Germans our coordinates, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) She knows him very well. So Gary goes outside after Max and she's really upset. She's yelling at him. She's like, you know, I'm a better player than you. And he's like, well, it's the men's team and I'm on it. So why is that the only thing that matters to you? And 
He has no compassion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's... He does not read the room at all. Uh-uh. Yeah. He's like, I thought tonight was finally... I was finally going to get to kiss you. and uh, That's he's all he's thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> she just thinks yeah. about baseball. He doesn't baseball. like her. Yeah, but he he's only thinking about some like abstract really like he has no interest in actually getting to know her right mm-hmm. yeah because if he did he would he could tell mm-hmm. yeah he's mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's the patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> smash is it. that you said you have a nickname for him is that it we're not it yet no okay okay we are we not at gary's nickname yet <laughs> we'll get there so this next scene is barely a scene, but I think it's really, really important because it's going to become central to Max's character development and the way that she is both making choices about playing the game, but also choices about how she wants to be in the world. So she comes home. She's obviously frustrated. She overhears her parents arguing about the earlier incidents with Bert and with Edgar. Tony chastises her husband for playing with Max and for sort of continuing to nourish that the dream that she doesn't believe in right edgar says that everything comes back to bert that tony's parent he doesn't say it that way but essentially tony is paranoid that max's love of baseball marks her as queer right Mm -hmm. he knows that tony thinks that max is like bert and tony says look at me and tell me that you don't you, you don't think she could turn into an invert, which is, again, our favorite phrase from 1940s. Mm-hmm. I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. So they, th- right, they thought that homosexuality wasn't a condition that was external in terms of, like, I am attracted to people of my sex, but rather that something was wrong with your gender. So, like, mm-hmm. your internal sexuality was wrong, right? Hence the invert thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Max is overhearing this. She probably doesn't think of any of it that way, right? Like, these are the kind of cultural and diagnostic discourses that are, like, slapped upon us. Mm -hmm. And yet, these are going to be the voices that she keeps hearing and that, like, mess with her as she's trying to just live her life. It's really, Mm -hmm. really, really meaningful and, I think, important. And I didn't notice it when I was first watching I think also this is the first time Max is hearing something about her uncle Bert that she didn't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's got her brain going as well. She's like, wait, what is my uncle? So <sighs> so we're back at the Peaches versus the Blue Sox. And this, this is a fall apart. <laughs> Things are not... <laughs> No one's on the same page here. We start a little on the same page with Greta parading Joe's arm around. <laughs> if you want a slug like DeLuca, you got to kiss the arm of DeLuca, which is actually really, <laughs> really cute. Joe's walking around her her boxers that she got, just mm-hmm. like Jess. Uh, everyone's stepping up to kip, kisses Joe's bicep. And then surely this is... This is kind of bad. Shirley is like gritting her teeth, talking to Carson and just like, I think Joe's a queer. And she's kind of saying it pretty loud and mm-hmm. almost like on a loop, you know, like she's really stuck on this. Can't get her out of her thinking. She's really freaking out. And Carson's like, okay, we'll just figure this out together. Hold on. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lupe's talking to 
to Carson and she's trying to strategize like about like she should pitch instead of Terry. Retta like just kind of sneaks up around the corner and Lupe's mad that she's always around and Greta appears like Janet in The Good Place. Right, just like... (laughs) (laughs) And she says... What does she say? Something like, uh, no one's going to listen to you? She tells Lupe, I hate to say this, but no one is going to choose you over Carson. Yeah. Which, Mm -hmm. this is just shining a light on white privilege. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They know that everyone's going to side with Carson over Lupe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And Lupe even says, I wonder why that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Lupe gets frustrated and just hits her cap on Nepal, just like. <laughs> <laughs> and then in solidarity, it's so cute. Jess comes over, does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Did that help? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to. Smack a, a pole. Yeah. yeah, with your baseball hat. <laughs> Get a little frustration out. So everyone's getting onto the field and there's a moment with Joe and Greta where Joe's like, hey, you know, be careful. And, you know, I'm watching what's going on with with you and Carson. And Greta's like, are you jealous? She's like, no, I'm looking out for you. And Greta, you know, sticking to her script, paying attention, having fun, not doing anything wrong, going by the rules. Mm -hmm. When we come back to them, you're going to see how this is all falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) Joe says, you're following the rules, but you're not being careful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that was a great line. When it mm-hmm. hits Greta, she's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not being careful. I think she realizes it. Mm-hmm. But back to Max on her way to the factory tryouts, even though she discovered that Gary got the pitching position. She's not taking no for an answer. No, no, no. <laughs> she she's got something to prove, <laughs> and she's going to do it. Like, even... If everyone's making fun of her, people are calling her out. Someone's like, no way. She's like, no, no, no. I am good. I am yeah. the best. You are going to watch me. That's all Like that's all she it. cares about is just like, no, I get my chance. She really she sticks to her guns. She really, really does. Yeah. And the coach is like, I only told you to come try out. I was just being nice to you, trying to get yeah. rid of you, but. You don't know Max. She's coming to tryouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she she puts her money where her mouth is. And she's like, I will bet two weeks wages that I can outpitch any man on this team. And she walks up to Gary, who's on the pitching mound. And all right, we were really hard on Gary last episode. I'll give him a little kudos here. <laughs> we're really hard on Gary every episode. Every Go episode. On. We are. We are. But I'll give him a little kudos Despite everything, he hands mm-hmm. her the ball and he lets her. True. You know, he could be stubborn and just be like, get out of here. But he doesn't. He gives her the ball. She throws a pitch. It fails. The guy hits it. And he even, again, he like doubles down. He's like, give her another chance. Like, I, I can't believe how <laughs> continuously he does back her up, even though mm-hmm. he's not mm-hmm. getting what he wants out of her. So, all right, Gary, I'll give you a little pat on the back for that. The point is, Max is up on the mound throwing pitches, and she's clearly frustrated by what she heard last night. She's yeah. flustered. She's blowing it. She's blowing her big mm-hmm. chance. The coach comes up to her, gives her her money back, and is like, you can keep it. And she's devastated. And the first person she wants to see after this mm-hmm. devastation is her person, is Clance. Yeah, it's so cute. Mm-hmm. But she's so in her own head, she forgets. She knocks right. on Clance's door, and she, Clance comes out. 
and she totally forgot that tonight is Gary's, I'm sorry, Guy's last night. Mm -hmm. And there's a really sad scene here. Clance is like, I thought for once you came here to check in on me. Yeah. And she's, she's upset. And Max apologizes. She knows that she screwed up and she's not having a good day. So Clance shoes her away and goes back inside where Guy is like sitting on the floor. Like he, he's devastated. We're all devastated with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Clance is trying to cheer him up and says, you know, be like Speed Jackson. And he's like, I'm no Speed Jackson. And she's like, all right, you're right. Speed Jackson had nothing to lose, but you're like mm-hmm. Lieutenant Victory who had a house and a beautiful wife. And <laughs> she manages to cheer him up a tiny bit. It's so sweet. Gets a little smile out of him. Mm-hmm. And they kiss. The reality of what he's saying of what you... I mean, just to sort of like piggyback what you were saying earlier is that he's scared. Like he's like afraid of losing his glasses, which is a, mm-hmm, seems mm-hmm. like a legit fear. Yep. And it, it's not like you could have Warby Parker deliver the next pair if you want. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him that it's okay to say what he's really afraid of. Mm-hmm. She gives him that opportunity mm-hmm. to feel real emotion you know to really just say it out loud and he says that he's afraid of dying like who of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes of course you are he's just such a guy is such a guy i love him <laughs> oh if we go from that to there is a lot of falling apart with clance and guy max and baseball max and clance mm-hmm. and now the peaches Mm-hmm. versus the peaches that's what's really happening here are they they're playing another baseball team but not really they are they're just against each other uh, there's a guy in the crowd and he's like where's dove and mm-hmm. you know carson and lupe are disagreeing and max shows up to this game and she's kind of watching from the outside of it and she is seeing a show <laughs> like she's gonna <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Carson and Lupe are just like, okay, they're really butting heads. And then everyone comes to the mound. They're all bickering. Lupe's like, oh, Greta, kick rocks. And she's like, they're, and they're so like <laughs> F-bomby, right? They're just like. <laughs> and then the announcer's like, what could these hens be clucking about? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The sexism is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just start like brawling, just fucking throwing punches. Joe at some point literally like <laughs> launches Jess. It's so funny. She mm-hmm. picks her up. Max is getting a kick out of this. Maybe she's getting out some of her frustration by right, watching right. other women just <laughs> fail. These like, idiots this is don't the have team. a better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the next episode, we'll see that Jess is the only one with a black eye from that <laughs> link by oh. Joe. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. At some point, uh, Carson is called a fucking hick so kind of a farm girl <laughs> oh, reference farm? Yeah. But yeah. yeah should we add that i might have to add that to the, the farm Here, I'll, I'll add it right now uh and then beverly just comes in peaches forfeit in the locker room beverly says that they put the entire league in jeopardy she's ashamed of lupe Eesh. lupe blames carson maybell is hoping that Doug <laughs> returns and fixes things 
And then Beverly, that's when Beverly says he's officially out. He's going to coach the Orioles. And then Greta's not amused. She says, of course he did. He took that position. Mm-hmm. Dick. As everybody's walking out, Carson needs her girl. She tries to grab Greta's arm um, and asks to go somewhere and talk. And Greta declines. She heeded Joe's warning. She says, we're home now. We're not in our little room. And absence makes the heart go stronger. <laughs> Carson mumbles, it's fonder. And Greta says that too. <laughs> Carson is bummed. How did they make something so heartbreaking so funny? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's Abby's delivery always. Mm-hmm. Just the like under her breath whispering. <laughs> it's fonder. fonder. As Carson's walking out, Max approaches her, says that they need to talk. And Max reminds her that Carson had asked her to forget about what she saw that first night at the bar. But it's still fresh in my mind. <laughs> Max is going to use whatever tiny amount of power she has yeah. with these crazy white women. To right. Get yeah. What she wants. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. We've made it to the halfway point. Our podcast is almost over. I'm a little sad about that. We only have four <laughs> more episodes to go. I know. Uh, we'll do a couple. We'll never talk to each other one. after this again. That's true. <laughs> Not even me and Kat. <laughs> you already watch TV in separate rooms, apparently. We'll learn this, this episode. <laughs> we do have a couple of post-season episodes planned. Yeah, for sure. So, And then once season two gets announced, we'll cover those as well. Kat, do we have a fan art corner? We do gonna highlight maddie and their handle on twitter is critter of habit and they drew this great thing of greta leaning on carson and i think i glommed onto it so much because the caption reads you and greta oh god the height who who does what (laughs) and we'll talk about that in great detail Mm -hmm. in uh episode six and they've done some amazing hawkeye art too where they actually don't draw Hawkeye, but Yelena and Kate Bishop. So that's really for Crystal and I, that little yeah. nod in love. And they have also done some Mass Effect art to Crystal. Oh, gosh, I got to go look at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, as always, uh, after our episode drops, I will, um, I'll retweet some of their work and give them a shout out. Thanks also to Alyssa of the band The Daily Fair for creating our Peach Jam. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And follow us on Twitter at WAAFpod and tell your friends about the show. Here's a review from Little X Tina who writes, Great dialogue and appreciation of or for Alato. I love the enthusiasm and unique context each host brings to the show. There's nothing better than a pod with strong relationships among the hosts alongside great conversation and insight. I hope they continue to make more because I cannot get enough of a lot. Us too. If you would like to hear your review featured on the show, please write us a few lines on Apple Podcasts. See you next week for a recap of episode five. And thank you for being our team. <laughs>